Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. I want to talk to you today about unbalanced prayer, unbalanced prayer. I know last week Pastor John started with unbalanced faith, uh, and I'll continue on in that vein, if you will, but uh, I took a little bit of liberty, uh, Pastor John, in that I'm going to do a little bit of preaching this morning, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching. And I know that we may be way past where it's time for me to step up and bring the word, but the Lord keeps saying, just get uncomfortable a little bit. How many of you have ever gone to a movie and said, wow, that movie was just too long? (laughs) That movie was too long. It was good, but it was just too long. We want to get what we pay for, right? (laughs) I need you to hear me this morning. Balance is usually a good thing, But there are some things that need to be all the way in. No compromise. And prayer is one of those areas. So I've entitled today's message, Conversations with God. Because that's really and truly all that prayer is, is a conversation with God. And we've become so religious sometimes, or we become so so centered on it has to look a certain way and sound a certain way or whatever, that it's like there are people that look at prayer and say, I can't do that. I can't pray like that. I can't pray that way. I think even the disciples at some point were like, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he gave them the Lord's Prayer. And I think sometimes, and I know that that's what I did growing up. It's like I got to pray the Lord's Prayer word for word every single week. No, he was showing us a structure for prayer. He was showing us a flow in prayer, if you will. Some people call prayer their, their quiet time. It usually gets real quiet, doesn't it? I read where some considered a good feeling towards a cause and some it's an impassioned cry for help from whoever's out there. And if you don't believe, maybe that's what you believe this morning. If you don't believe that when you're talking to God, you're talking to God, maybe that's what you think here in this place this morning. Most people have trouble with prayer and the Bible wants us to do it all the time. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray without ceasing. I know some of you are thinking that is, an, that is a, a monstrous task. That is something that I'm not completely sure that I can do. Some of you like, or might be like, you know what? I don't even like talking to people. I just want to be left alone. But I grew up with a, a grandmother who was the greatest spiritual influence in my life. And here's what I can tell you. Whenever I was sick, whenever I was hurting, whenever I was down, whenever I was out, whenever things were not going the way that I thought they should be going, I could not wait to find my grandmother. And my grandmother would lay hands on me and she would, she would pray in the spirit to God. I had no idea at such a young age what she was doing, why she was doing it. All I knew is that when she did it, the atmosphere changed. All I know is that we didn't pull out of the driveway in the car unless she talked to God about it. We didn't walk out into the street until we talked to God about it. She went on a mission trip to China, and they said, we're going to smuggle Bibles in. She didn't pack any clothes, but the clothes she was wearing on her Bible, her entire suitcase was full of Bibles. We didn't go anywhere, anywhere, where she didn't ask somebody if they knew Jesus. 
I mean anywhere. But she didn't come straight at him with, do you know Jesus? No, she came at him and said, there's something about you. There is something about you. I just feel something about you. And I want to ask you a question. And the door was opened immediately. It was almost as if it were swung open wide immediately. She created space for the Lord to work. This message today is all about making prayer work. It's about making prayer enjoyable. It's about being all in. What I want to do is start with the end in mind very quickly, and I'll work backwards, and I promise you, I know some of you may be squirming at this point saying, man, this sounds like a long message. It's going to be as long as the Lord wants it to be. We're going to start with answered prayer. Jeremiah 33.3 in the New King James says it this way. Watch this. It says, call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. Call to me, and I will answer you. How many of you were at some point in your life a child, or you are a child currently? If you don't raise your hand, there's a problem here. (laughs) How many of you, when you cried out or called out as a baby, wanted somebody to hear you? How many of you knew that when you cried out, somebody would be there? That's the way the Lord is with us, church. A lot of people have stopped praying. Listen to me, and I want you to hear me on this. Because they haven't received answers. They haven't received answers. And so they've just given up on prayer altogether. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I go to my pastor and I talk to him. And, he's, and I said, what do I need to do here, Lord? And my pastor just says, we just need to pray about it. And he said, well, I've done that already. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and the Lord just doesn't listen to me. Any of you ever felt that way? Is it just me? Am I all alone? <laughs> the key question to ask yourself is this. Why should God answer my prayer? Why should he answer my prayer? 1 John 5.14 says it this way. I want you to hear what he says. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Confidence. Bold confidence. That if we ask anything according to his will, guess what? He hears us. Any of you as parents heard something your child was asking for and didn't give it to him? Come on. Y'all don't lie in the house of the Lord this morning. I know they're sitting beside you. (laughs) What is the secret to getting God's ear? Ask according to his will. Ask according to his word. One of the best ways to learn that prayer works is to study prayers in the Bible that were answered. I'll I'll give you an example this morning. I want to talk to you about the, the prayer of Nehemiah. How many of you are familiar with the prayer of Nehemiah? It's in Nehemiah 1, 5 through 11. Now, I've got a couple notes. I'll go through these very quickly. If you're a note taker, I'd encourage you to write these down. I want you to see what the word of the Lord says in Nehemiah's prayer. There are some things that I think uh, are very important about how we pray and why we pray. But the very first thing is this. He based his request on God's character. Watch this. O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love. How many of us go straight to God with... I need you. I need you right now. Right now. That's when we love to pray is when we need him. We should pray without ceasing. But he started his prayer based on God's character. That's exactly what he did. He started his prayer that way. It was based on a request of who he is. I think we should brag on him a little bit when we start praying. We should start by telling uh, our, our prayer requests instead of 
here's what we should tell our prayer request. Do you know who God is? Listen to me. We're bringing our prayer request to God instead of saying to our prayer request, do you know who God is? Any of you ever heard, I have a silent prayer request? I, I don't want to speak it out loud. I've got a silent prayer request. Well, why is it silent? The Lord hears us when we call out, when we cry out to him. Why is it silent? Don't talk to God about your problems. Talk to your problems about God. Here's a great verse for you to memorize and quote sometime. Mark 10, 27. Watch this. With man, this is impossible, but not with God. What does it say, church? All things are possible with God. All things. Number two, here's a lesson from Nehemiah. He confessed the weakness in his life. How many of you have weaknesses in your life? If you're a man, that's hard for you to admit right now. Nehemiah 1.6, watch this. Here's what he says. He says, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. He confessed the weakness in his life. We have to have an honest, honest, honest appraisal of who we are. My help comes from you and you alone. Lesson number two, watch this. Stay desperate, stay desperate and stay dependent on him. Stay desperate and dependent on him. James 4, 6 says it this way. This is a verse that really struck me as a man because I thought there's no way I have pride. There's no way that I am prideful. And by saying such a thing, I was actually being very prideful. He says, God opposes the proud, but he gives what? He gives grace to the humble. Next lesson from Nehemiah's prayer, he claimed the promises of God. Nehemiah 1.8 says, remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction. It actually reminds God of something that he told Moses. God, listen church, we can claim promises that were given to other people. You realize that, right? God is the same yesterday, the same today, and he is the same forever. Did God forget? It's to remind us. It's really and truly church about, as Pastor John said last week, it's about unbalanced faith not balanced faith it's about unbalanced faith over 7,000 promises in the Bible how many of you knew that there are over 7,000 promises in the word of God listen to me church every one of those are just waiting to be claimed (laughs) find one that fits your situation I got some I want to share with you this morning. If you're having battles, write these down. If you're having battles, look at 1 John 4, 4, or Luke 10, 19, or Romans 8, 37. If you're having financial or money issues, look at Philippians 4, 19, or Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. If you're dealing with fear, look at Psalm 27, 1. He says, the Lord is my light, stronghold, who afraid? If you're in sickness, look at Psalm 103.3. Bless the Lord who heals all of my diseases. If you need confidence, look at 2 Corinthians 3.6. He has made me competent. If you need safety, look at Psalm 121 verse 8. The Lord will bless my coming and he will bless my going. 
And then if you're at the dentist, (laughs) crown him with many crowns. (laughs) Open wide thy mouth. (laughs) That one was just a joke, church. Numbers 23, 19 says this. Watch. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Lesson number three, get to know the promises of God, church. You want unbalanced prayer? Get to know the, 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 the promises of the Bible. Here's the next lesson from Nehemiah. He was very specific in what he asked for. Nehemiah 1.11 says this, watch. It says, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Some have asked you, should I just say, your will, God. Let your will be done, Lord. Should we say, do what you want to do? Should we say, ask us, Lord. Here's what I know, and here's what I struggled with for many years, and it caught me a little bit off guard when the Lord pointed me to the Scripture. Here's what I believe. You have not because you ask not. And I wasn't being very specific in my prayers at that time. I was giving very big, generalized prayers to the Lord. He wanted me to be specific. How many of you have ever bought something for one of your children? They said, hey, I want a bike. And then you get the bike, and the bike comes home, and they look at the bike and say, well, this is a nice bike, not really the bike I wanted. Well, hey, hang on. You said you wanted a bike. I got you a bike. Well, be specific, kids, when you're asking your parents for something. I want a red bike. <laughs> I guess none of you have been there. I have. Lesson number four, be specific. I believe that there are five conditions of answered prayer. This is what the Lord really breathed into me this week. I don't want to get too rigid. I don't want to get too, oh, you just told me prayer is easy, but now you're going to make it complicated. I want you to hear me on this. This is very simple. This is very easy, but it is very, very true, and it is found in God's Word. Let's go a little deeper. Here's the real question. Does God promise to answer everyone's prayers? No. Anybody else? I'll go ahead and say you're 100% correct, sir. The answer is no. It's very clear in Scripture that God completely ignores some people's prayers. In fact, the Bible says that God has laid out some conditions to answered prayer. Five, to be very specific. I'm going to share them with you this morning. I want us to look at them because until you meet the conditions for answered prayer, you're wasting your breath. And they're so easy especially when you are in the will and in the nature of God. It's like a cell phone. Everything's working, but you might be out of range. You ever, how, many, how many of you are old enough to remember the old uh, Verizon commercials? Can you hear me now? <laughs> can you hear me now? <laughs> I can remember growing up. Uh, I won't tell you what year it was, but we still had those things called antennas on the top of the TV. And then there was one on the top of the house that the wind would like to blow around from time to time. And we had this miracle tool called aluminum foil we didn't have remotes for the tvs that was my job and responsibility i changed the (laughs) two five eleven thirty six forty six and sixty nine how many of you are old enough to remember that's all you could get Woo! and 17 on a clear day if you if you held the antenna just right (laughs) here's the first one are you listening say amen here's number one you must forgive others what? 
You can do everything that we, we, you've been taught about prayer, but it won't work if you're bitter. It won't work if you're bitter. More than any other characteristic except for faith. The number one thing related to prayer, church, is forgiveness. Mark 11, 24, and 25 makes it very simple. Watch this. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. A lot of us like to stop right there and say, name it, claim it. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Bitterness towards others will stop the flow of God's blessings. It just will. I know. I know. I've held bitterness. I've held unforgiveness. And you might say, well, you're a pastor. How dare you? I'm also a human being. But what I've learned is when I forgive, it opens the windows of heaven. It really and truly does. First Peter says it this way, treat your lives, treat your wives with respect so that nothing hinders your prayers. If there's disharmony in the home, many times in my life I've had to get it right with Amanda before the, the Lord would answer my prayers. Even when I was saying, Lord, she's the problem. <laughs> Sounded much like Adam, it's that woman you gave me. You know what he challenged me in very quickly? You're not doing what you're supposed to do. Here's the second condition. you got to be willing to share the results. God's motivation to bless you and answer your prayer is not just for you, but it's also to become a blessing to others. Look at Genesis 12 too. Watch this. It says, I will bless you and you, what? You will be a blessing. Proverbs 21, 13 says it this way. Watch. It says, if a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. <laughs> God wants to bless us, but he expects us to give something back. Amen. In our finances, in our health. <laughs> but he wants us to use it. James 4.3 says this. How many of you just love the book of James? I know I do. He says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. If you want God to answer your prayer, you've got to be willing to be a channel of blessing to other people. Here's the third condition. You've got to believe that God will answer. You want unbalanced prayer? <laughs> believe that he'll answer you when you pray. Simply put, you can't doubt. You can't please God without faith. You understand that? Listen to this. But don't doubt that when you ask, he will answer how many of you have ever said, oh, Lord, I just need a miracle right now? Or, this is where we destroy it when we say or, that's the plan B mentality, or I need to hit the lotto. Huh. I'm trusting you, God, but just in case, I got a plan B. We do that way too many times. I'm going to pray to God for this, and I'm hoping that he's going to give me what I'm asking for. But in the meantime, I'm going to handle things on my own. I'm going to do things the way that I think they need to be done. That doesn't work too well, church. I can tell you that from experience. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. So what is faith? 
is faith believing that God can do it? That's not faith. When you believe God can, that's just a fact. I believe God might do it. That's not faith either. That's hope. Faith says, I believe God will do it. That's faith. Look at James 1, 6 through 7. Again, I love the book of James, and I love the way that he's, he says these things. He's very uh, straightforward. <laughs> he says, but when he asks, he must believe and no doubt and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. The fourth condition of answered prayer is this. You must pray in Jesus' name. Why? Because it reminds you why you have the right to pray. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. We can't just name it and claim it. You can only have what Jesus has provided for you. Jesus paid the way. He paid the price. He gave himself as the ultimate sacrifice. John 14, 13 and 14 says it this way. Watch. It says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name. For what reason? I think so many times, church, we have a tendency to read Scripture and get to a certain point and say, Bam, there it is. That's what I was looking for. But we need to keep reading. It says, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. The fact is, if you've met the conditions of Scripture, you have, as far as you know, no unforgiveness towards anyone, you're willing to share the results with other people, you're asking God in faith and expecting, and you prayed in Jesus' name, you have every right to expect God to answer. But there's one more condition, church, and it's a very important one. Here it is. You must have an honest relationship with God. John 15, 7 says it this way. Watch. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Most Christians make a big mistake in prayer. They go around constantly saying, God, is it your will? God, is it your will? The real issue is not, God, what is your will? Here's the real issue, church. Are you listening? Just say amen really quickly. Here's the real issue. Am I in your will? Not, is it your will? Is it your will? No, 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 no. The real issue, the real question is, am I, Lord, am I? Is Jay, am I in your will? That's where we need to be, church. That's exactly where we need to be. In my life, if my life is in harmony with God, then my desires are going to be in harmony with God. It's that simple. You might say, well, you just gave me five things and made prayer super difficult for me again. No, 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 no. If your life is in harmony with the Lord, if you have a real honest relationship with the Lord, his nature will be in you. It will be in you, and it will change you. How many of you... Uh, how many of you have ever made pickles? Anybody? Is, I, I, how many of you like pickles? Let me ask you a question. Where does a pickle start? It starts as a cucumber. Now, when you put the cucumber in what? Pickling solution and let it sit or soak or marinate for a, a period of time, it becomes what? It becomes a pickle. They have done tests on cucumbers and pickles. Do, did you realize they both have DNA? 
So they took the DNA of a cucumber and the DNA of a pickle. Guess what? Once the cucumber was in the pickling solution for a period of time and became a pickle, it no longer had the DNA of a cucumber. It had a completely new DNA. What is your point, Jay? Here's the point. Immerse yourself in relationship with the Lord and your DNA will change. You will receive and take on his nature and it is no longer I who lives but it is Christ who lives in me. And greater is he who is in me than anything that is in this world. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It ain't me. It ain't me. The word that I'm preaching and teaching, some people call it preaching because I'm doing a little bit of both. The word that I'm bringing to you today is not Jay's word, it's the Lord's word. And I got news for you. He brings the word to me to challenge me before he ever says share it with the church. If my life is in harmony with God, then my desires are going to be in harmony with God. St. Augustine said this. Love God and do what you please. Why did he say that? Because if you really love God with all your heart, you're not going to do what displeases God. God's looking for an honest relationship. He's looking for, listen to me, church, he's looking for an unbalanced relationship. Can I tell you something? When I met the love of my life 32 years ago, it was an unbalanced relationship. Like I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to sleep. I, I just, I needed to see her. <laughs> but let me tell you what I did. I set her up to fail. I made her my Jesus for a long time. It's your job to, when I was trying to shove her into this place in my heart that was shaped like Jesus. She wouldn't fit, and she let me down. You know why she let me down? Because I set her up to fail. And I was trying to put her somewhere where Jesus needed to be. Until you put Jesus squarely where he is supposed to be in your heart, nothing else matters, number one. Number two, nothing else will work out. Corey, you can come on up, buddy. God's looking for an honest relationship. An unbalanced relationship. Which of these conditions, church, maybe have you been overlooking this morning? Maybe you have unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe you're unwilling to share the results with other people when he blesses you. Or sometimes the answer may not come in the form of what you perceive as a blessing, but it really and truly is. I want to challenge you all to do something. Somebody told me to do this a number of years ago, and I started doing it. It's crazy. Everything you pray to God for, write it down in a journal. Everything. But then when things happen in your life, flip back through the journal. And what you might find is, I prayed for that two years ago, and look at what the Lord did today. What a testimony. What a story. What a way to share that with other people. I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and God's just not answering my prayers. Well, maybe it's because you have unforgiveness or maybe it's because you didn't share the results or maybe it's because you haven't believed that God would do what he said he was going to do. Maybe you haven't prayed in the name of Jesus. Maybe you just need an honest relationship with God. Next week, Pastor John's going to come and talk to you 
about unbalanced words. Let me tell you something, church. Our words carry weight. Our prayers, the words that we use on our prayers carry weight. But I'd much rather have a real, honest, open relationship with God and talk to him like I'd talk to one of my best friends. And I do it every day. Y'all, I I work a full-time secular job in Atlanta, too, and I drive into Atlanta very early in the morning with the hopes that I get to drive back very early in the afternoons. Sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. Well, let me tell you one of the things I do most days. I talk to him all the way there. <laughs> I worship sometimes, mixed it in, mixing in with prayer. <laughs> and sometimes I let go of the steering wheel and praise God while I'm driving down the road. Sometimes I, let me tell you about prayer. Pray out loud. And again, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> and I want you to think about this for a minute. What is the most important voice in the world to you? Let's let's be honest. We're in church. Whose voice do you know better than anybody's voice? Your own. I can remember like it was yesterday. My daughter, my oldest daughter and I were out back at LifeGate Church, you know, and, and this was 12 years ago and we were remodeling and trying to get the church ready to open. And it was a beautiful day. I, you probably remember this, Katie. I tell this story a lot. And I can remember her, and that was, how old would you have been 12 years ago? How old are you now? 11? She was 11. She said, here's what she said. She said, Dad, wouldn't it be cool if Jesus came back today, like right now? And I said, yeah, that'd be awesome. And I said, but... Wouldn't it be even better on Sunday when we're with all the people that, you know, just trying to be funny? And, and then she said, what's it going to look like when Jesus comes back? And, and the pastor in me started to say, blah, 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 let me tell you, from my knowledge, you know what the Holy Spirit said? Pull out the word, show her in the word what it says. Read the word out loud to her. Don't make it to where she thinks when she needs spiritual advice, she's got to come straight to you every time. Point her to, the, to, to, point her to my word. And so we pulled out the word, and I showed her, and we read about it, and I could see her eyes get this big around, and the smile was on her face. And what's crazy is words carry weight. I said to her, I said, that's what his word says. And she said, maybe you're right. Maybe Sunday would be better. (laughs) My words carried weight. I don't want to hold Jesus back. When he's ready to come, I want him to come. And when he comes, I'm going to be ready for him to come. I want, I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear because I've done what he's asked me to do. Maybe some of you in here today are harboring unforgiveness. Maybe some of you in here today are holding bitterness. Maybe some of you haven't shared the results of, of, of the prayer that God has answered for you with other people so that that prayer could be a blessing to them, but it could not glorify you, but glorify God. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. 
At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.